Oh, what's up, folks? It is Friday Eve, Thursday night, for those who like to keep track of the days of the week. And it is episode also 144, and we are live at the LG Direct Sales Solutions Studios here in Tampa, Florida, where it is still about 101 degrees outside, but we're not complaining. It is officially summer, even though summer here starts in about April. But enough of the weather. It is absolutely beautiful all the way across the country. Some places woke up in a chilly uh, estate out in Washington, but... Nevertheless, it's time to talk some birds. It's time to talk about the NFL because there's been, and as crazy as it may seem, they always say it happens in threes. Tony Saragusa and two other NFL players have passed away just seems like hours from each other. So God bless and God rest their souls. We hope they're in a much better place than they were. We know that two of them died uh, of natural causes and Tony Saragusa are trying to find out exactly why he ended up passing away as well. He was 55 years old. The other gentlemen were 25 and 26. So God bless all those men that unfortunately lost their lives a lot earlier than they expected to. But with that being said as well, we have tonight with us, Al Thompson, Sam Cartiti on with us to talk about the Eagles, the NFL and the Flyers. As we talked about it momentarily on Tuesday and I gave my views of the way I felt about the organization. And we'll talk about it again tonight with Sam. So uh, it's going to be an action-packed night. Everyone hang on. We thank you for patiently waiting. We had to have a little delayed start. But hopefully everything is up and running right now the way it should. So thank you everyone for tuning in from South America, from all over the U.S. and overseas. We truly do appreciate it. I'm Angel. Welcome to Broad Street South. And of course, when the Godfather's not out there doing Godfatherly things, which is like singing or dancing or something else, he takes his time to be on our show. So with that being said, here is the Godfather, Mike Fuji. You know, keep banging on them drums. I keep telling you, one of these days, it's going to come live and you're going to be on there. never going to get me. (laughs) All right. never going to get me. That's all right. What's up, Fuji? Happy Friday, 76ers draft on the clock tonight. What's Daryl Morey going to do? How's everybody doing? Eagles, Flyers talk. Angel, how are you? Let's get the party rocking. The show started. Let's go. Yes, sir. And on top of that, would you bring up a great point, too, because I want to see how much of the Phillies, Phillies faithful, hang in there, because I'm waiting for the trash talk to begin. Losers of three straight. So I'm waiting to hear for the fans to say fire Thompson because they don't it, the love doesn't last too much in Philadelphia. So I, I want to see everybody right now they're they're loving the bandwagon, the ones who were on first and jumped off and jumped back on. And also, not to exclude, of course, now the Tampa Bay Lightning also have to fight their way back, being down three games to one. And last night they missed a call, which I'll see if Sam noticed it as well. But there were too many men on ice last night, and that's why the refs didn't blow the whistle to end the game because there was too many men on ice. But nevertheless, the Avalanche ended up winning three games to one. Game five tomorrow night in Colorado where they could end up closing out the series. Let's go Abs. Uh, yeah, whatever. And with that being said, of course, we'll also bring the national correspondent, also known as Ryan Neff. Yeah, whatever. But Ryan <laughs> did pick. I will defend Ryan here because Ryan said Abs in six, but Ryan, it might be in five. I'm Ryan F. It's great to be with you this evening. Angel Fuji. Um, uh, I don't know if it'll be the abs in five 
we'll, we'll see what happens. I did call the Avs in six. Um, Tampa Bay blew a prime opportunity yesterday. Uh, I don't see the Avs closing it out next game. I see them closing it out still in six. I think Tampa Bay's got some fight left in them. And, of course, with Fuji, Eagles about a month away from minicamp. And no, training. Flyers, Flyers, they won at Barry Trotz, but they – they got they got their second choice in John Tortorella. So let's let's talk about it tonight, man. Let's get into it. Yeah, we'll definitely yeah, we'll, we'll definitely get into that and many other things as we're waiting for Sam to come back on. I know he was having a little technical difficulty. And that's why we kind of delayed the show start. But before that, we want to talk about and bring up the screen here. If you guys do not follow Al Thompson on Twitter, as you guys can see up there on the screen, make sure you give Al a follow so you can stay. In depth, and I was going to bring in a different kind of uh, entrance today, but you know what? I'll still say until Sammons will join us. So, uh, first of all, make sure you follow Al Thompson on social media, on Twitter, and also if you click on football stories, it will take you to this homepage here. Which, if you follow the articles, you know you guys can pick it up at the local stands. But if you miss the paper because I don't know. Maybe somebody took too many. Maybe it wasn't delivered on time. Whatever <laughs> case may be, you can go down there to footballstories.com <laughs> and view through and take a look at all the football stories that Al ended up creating and putting the content out there. It's a lot of hard work, folks, so make sure you do share the love and share it with everyone so everyone sees what's going on out there. And as I was going to introduce the show until Sam comes back here, but in the black corner, weighing in, and, and, and let me bring this back up so everybody can see here. Weighing in at 89.3 FM pounds, it is our guest tonight, Al Thompson. And make sure I get back to this other screen here because there's so many. Here is the man himself, Al Thompson. Al, first of all, thank you so much for joining us. We really do appreciate it. My pleasure. Yeah, thanks for having me. And thanks for the uh, the plugs there. Yeah, I'll take some follows on uh, on uh, Twitter, you know, with less yeah. of it. You know, <laughs> I don't know. I uh, Twitter's you know kind of a cesspool these days, but uh, it's still there. It's still a um, it's still a forum, so uh, I, I keep posting stuff on there. So the uh, but but anyway, uh, yeah. There's a lot of ways to watch football series. We also have a digital version of the magazine. If you go to uh, my Facebook page, uh, you just have to scroll down and you'll find the latest issue, and then you can just read it on your computer if you're not in in the area. Or, uh, or if you just want to see the actual magazine itself, it's actually a digital copy of the magazine. So we we we, we pretty cover pretty much cover all the bases with it, thankfully. Al, you know. thanks for coming on. Hey, my pleasure. You know, it's uh, always you talk about the Eagles all year round. I mean, and mm -hmm. uh, when you're talking to commercial radio, what are they talking about in March? The Eagles. Same thing in April and May. Whatever it's whatever's coming up next. And you know, the Eagles have uh, kind of made everything voluntary this spring. So there's no technical OTAs and there's no technical mini camps. They just have these workouts and uh, we get invited over for, you know, one day each week to kind of watch practice, which I was, you know, able to do this, this spring. And, uh, but they don't really do anything. I mean, they just right. sort of, they're all in their gym shorts and they play seven on seven and do, they do some linebackers, I mean, excuse me, linemen uh, drills, but they're all for strategy. Nobody's actually hitting anybody. And uh, so that's the way he like uh, Nick Sirianni wants to do it this whole offseason. Uh, they're not going to really – this is not uh, – if you're looking for big hits or whatever, you're not going to get it at, a, at an Eagles camp, that's for sure. But they yeah. are working on strategy. 
That's yeah, to come out of the gate right away. I mean, I know a rumor was circulating. Uh, Must be true. <laughs> Kareem, <laughs> rumor is, I don't. Kareem Hunt for Andre Diller, and I, I don't know if it was a draft pick. How realistic is this? Well, I, I, you know, I used to do that when I was with the Trentonian a long another life ago, lifetime ago, and uh, I used to, uh, you know, you hunt down the agents, and the, uh, and, and and it's really my experience has been that these rumors are started by the agents, either it could be Kareem Hunt's agent or Andre Diller's agent to get the uh, narrative started on on social media, on the radio shows, or whatever. They're they're providing content. But uh, until you hear it from the Eagles, uh, it's that's all it is. I mean, I, I saw the same things, and I kind of gave up on that. I, I just, right. you know, uh, after you do it, for, I, I've been covering the Eagles for 37 years, and that was like a phase I went through for years. I'd call these guys up and um, and and try to get this and that, and uh, you know, uh, and, and and you found out that you're being just, and I don't mean to use, I say the word used. Uh, and I don't mean it in a harsh way. Um, they're giving you stuff, you know what I mean? They're a right. credible source. And uh, so, but after a while, I just got, you know, so many, so much of it is just nonsense. But it could be true. It could end up being true, you know? So uh, I'm sure they're looking to, to get rid of uh, Andre Dillard. They've been, they want to get something for him. They tried to do right. it with Nate Herbing and couldn't. They had to eventually release him. And he went right into the arms of the guy who brought him to Philadelphia, uh, Joe, um, Joe Thomas up in, uh, with the Jets. So good for Nate. I hope he uh, ends up being their starting guard this year. But the uh, but that's 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 you know they're trying. I'm sure they're trying to get something for Andre Dillard. There could be the Eagles could be putting it out there, you know, right. with some people that they know, you know. But uh, I, I know they want to they, they want to try to move Andre Dillard, and for his sake too, um, he wants to play. And there's teams that need O lines. It's like the Eagles. It's funny the Eagles can't get out of the way without having these amazing offensive lines for like 10 years now. Right. And then teams like the giants and the, uh, uh, you know, Washington, they can't get out of the way of getting terrible off offensive lines. And then Brennan Sheriff always gets hurt, you know, for Washington, you know, so the one guy they had was really good. So, um, you know, those are teams that could really use players like that. And uh, so why not uh, let them move on and, and, and Get, get his uh, career on track, you know. Going going into training camp within a month. I mean, how how would you say the Eagles' running attack is? I mean, as far as getting another running back to complement Boston Scott, Miles Sanders, and Kenny Gainwell. Well, I think uh, you know, with all the injuries they've been having over the last couple of years, uh, I think they're definitely going to pick up another um, another back. Kareem Hunt would be tremendous, you know. So the. Uh, uh, it's really two things are are going to be health. Um, both guards positions, Landon Dickerson, he's had one, you know, he, he did great. And uh, but you look at his college career and it was like every other year he'd have these have a year at Florida State and, and he's getting all the accolades and then he gets hurt the next year. Transfers to Alabama, has a great year, then gets hurt. Missed the national championship uh, run there. And then uh, he comes here. Everything seems okay, and it seems go okay going into this uh, into this season. But it, you know, the uh, Eagles have the hope that he doesn't have any relapses. Same thing at right guard. I mean, both Jack Driscoll and um, and Isaac Ciamalo were missing last year for long periods of time, right. and they just jettisoned uh, Nate Herbig, 
you know, who was their kind of guy just filled in for everybody uh, last year. So uh, they had to hope those guys stay healthy. But if they stay healthy, oh, they'll be incredible. They'll be uh, you know, one of the top rushing attacks again. They were number one in the NFL last year, and they'll be right there again next year if they stay healthy. But then again, they have all this depth. I mean, you still have, you know, uh, Toth. You still have Shoa Peta. Um, you know, uh, Jack Anderson uh, played a little bit for them last year and was okay. So um, they have a lot of depth. And, and uh, so um, that running attack, I don't think is going anywhere. Kareem Hunt would be a tremendous uh, upgrade for the room. Uh, no no Al, doubt. Al, thanks for coming on again. Um, two-parter here for you. I've been asking all the guests who come on who follow the Eagles. So, so the first question is going to be, <laughs> the Jalen Hurts saga, the offseason and stuff like that, and all the rumors back and forth and back and forth about what the Eagles were going to do, um, all the rumors that were flying around. Number one, is the season success predicated on how much he has progressed? And then two, do you think Howie Roseman has done wheeling and dealing for the team? Well, uh, Jalen Hurts has improved every year. Uh, he's durable. Uh, which is a you know big thing. Um, he had he, his leadership skills are off the charts. I mean, we all agree with that. I think uh, it's just whether or not he can make those throws. Um, he gets fooled a lot. I mean, the Tampa Bay defense you know destroyed him in that playoff game last year. Uh, so he but he didn't have great weapons. Now he's got AJ Brown, uh, who is going to really stir the pot uh, for that offense. Uh, He's a great, great weapon. Uh, Dallas Goddard, I think, is going to arrive as a Pro Bowl caliber tight end. Um, he's got a great running back core around him. He's got the best offense, pro football focus, named the Eagles' number one offensive line in the NFL. He's got everything in front of him right now. You're going to have Devontae Smith, who's a um, uh, entering his sophomore year. He's not going to have that second-year blues that a lot of great receivers have because they upgraded the guy across from him. They're going to have to worry about A.J. Brown. And that's going to open things up for Devonta Smith. Quez Watkins is hopefully going to get uh, a lot better. Pascal, Zach Pascal, a lot of people think he's going to be like, people forgotten about him. He was a great acquisition, uh, off-season acquisition, and the coach loves him. And, um, and, and what's really interesting is that every starter, we're just talking about starters now, every starter on the Eagles offense, except for A.J. Brown, is a draft pick. And now you're getting into the third year of these guys being together. You know what I mean? Right. For a lot of them, you know what I mean? So that means a lot in, in, in football. Now, the, the, the defense is a lot different. There's going to be probably six new starters. But offensively, uh, they could really come in. And if he just manages this team, they are, the, I think, they're the best team in the NFC East. They may not be the best quarterback, but they, they certainly have the best team uh, in the NFC East if they're healthy. So we'll, right. we'll see what's happened with that. Howard Roseman has made a big rebound. I mean um, – you know, he's, he's not going anywhere. Jeffrey Lurie's not going to fire him. Uh, the, uh, so people can just forget that as far as I, I, the things I can hear. But he really made a huge rebound. I mean, just everything fell into place for him this offseason. Two years in a row, he's now made just choices in the draft that, like, just keep it simple. You know, trying to be the smartest guy in the room. And, uh, and uh He's, it just has kind of everything has fallen into place for him. So great uh, choices, you know, um, you know, in the off season, you know, James Bradbury just falls into his lap. I mean, that's, um, that's like the Garrett Blunt of this, of this uh, off season, maybe, 
right. you know, a piece that comes in that really helps you, you know, um, you know, uh, getting uh, Hassan Riddick, who wanted to come back here so badly, you know, and uh, the probably took a little bit less money than he should have. He just wants to be in Philly. He's got tremendous ties here, especially over in the Camden area. This is where he wants to develop his roots. And uh, he could be a tremendous player for them. Anthony Harris coming back in strong safety. Um, they ha- And uh, this kid, Jaquiski uh, uh, Tart, I mean, he comes out of nowhere from San Francisco. All these things right. fell into his place. Jordan Davis was hailed across the NFL by actual you know people who played the sport uh, and as saying, wow, Look what the Eagles did. And so, uh, and, and Brandon Graham, I mean, uh, you know, uh, Les Bowen said that if he, every game, if he could possibly go through the stadium and shake hands with every single fan before every game, he would do it. I mean, he's that hmm. cool of a guy. He's that means that oh, much yeah. team from as a spiritual leader. And he's determined to come back. And if he's even, you know, uh, you know, 70% or 80% of what he was, I think he adds a, a lot to this. And uh, so we'll see. But I, I, I you know, uh, Howie Roseman on paper, we've seen this, remember, 10 years ago or 12 years ago with the Dream Team. That was a disaster. Everybody thought before the season started that that was going to be uh, the Super Bowl over the 8-8. Eight and eight. But I don't – this has a different feel to it. Um, and I, I really think he's, uh, you know, executive of the year if this works out, you know. So I meant to sound like a homer, but, I mean, it's right there, you know. <laughs> The A.J. Brown thing, he just fleeced their pockets. I mean, that was crazy what happened out in Tennessee. I mean, I think that coach was about to, Verbal was going to quit. Yeah, he was so upset that they they let him go. And they gave all their money to their quarterback, Tannehill, and then <laughs> it's just badly mismanaged. And uh, he walks. And, and it turns out it was great by the Eagles because to show faith in uh, their quarterback, in Jalen Hurts, is they brought his best friend in to be that other you know, the guy's his god, the godfather to his daughter, you know, like uh, to uh, AJ Brown's daughter, I think. And so they 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 said, "Hey, we're going to bring your best friend in. He's arguably the best receiver in the game right now." So um, uh, you can't ask a general manager to do more than what he did, in my opinion. So. Well, I'm going to interrupt the Eagles segment here because patiently waiting, and I'm going to bring up, make sure I bring social media as well, is Sam. Carcini. So if you guys, again, don't follow Sam the same way. If you guys miss also not missing uh, or following Al as well, make sure you do follow him at Broad Street Bull. And by the way, if you do click on that link down there, Philly Hockey Now, it will actually take you out there to the Philly Hockey Now website. So with that being said, I want to make sure he doesn't wait any longer. It is Sam. Sam, first of all, thank you for being so patient. And also thank you for joining the show. We really do appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Sam. Thanks. Not a problem. So Great now I want to go back to, and we'll get back to the Eagles. So everybody else end up uh, hanging on here with your Eagles questions, but getting to the flyer, Sam, because it, it, to me, I'm just going to tell you my own little opinion here. We know that still the Stanley cup playoffs are going on right now. The Tampa Bay lightning are down three games to one. The Avs have the opportunity of closing out tomorrow night in Denver, but for the flyers, to me, other than John Tortorella being the one that they decided to go with, rather than Barry Trotz, which I think should have been the one that got the nod, to me, this organization is not where they were when Ed Snyder was around. I think there's too much emphasis on Gritty, Gritty's app, Gritty's everything, and there's nothing there for the Flyers to really pull in the fan base back into Philadelphia. And I know like Fuji likes, you know, he likes to bust my chops about when it comes to lightning, obviously being down here, I end up covering the lightning as well. And so the difference is, is that you have an organization like Tampa Bay 
who have found a way to be back-to-back -back Stanley Cup champions. Don't know if they'll do it for a third time, but as they go around now for the third time in Stanley Cup history, trying to make that repeat, Jeff Vinnick knows what this team needs. The Your, your manager... Cooper knows exactly what the players want. This is an organization in a town down here that gets it. They get hockey. It may not be a hockey town like Detroit and other places, but they know exactly what they want. When it comes to the Flyers, I don't know how in the world you're still a season ticket holder because to me, again, in my own opinion, there is nothing that the Flyers are doing at this point to really make it attractive for any player to play for our organization. So I'd like to get your thoughts as far as what do you think of the state of the Flyers? And more importantly, do you believe that John was the right hire for this organization? Yeah, well, I, I agree with you. My my hire would have been Barry Trotz. And, uh, uh, you know, Chuck Fletcher surprisingly said the other day that his number one choice all along was John Tortorella. There had been rumors that Barry Trotz had, tur Barry Trotz had turned down the Flyers, but apparently that they are unfounded because – I, I asked Chuck Fletcher, the GM, point blank uh, about that, and he said that uh, all along John has been my number one guy. So uh, Tortorella, by the way, is a is a good choice. I mean, uh, you know, if if Barry Trotz is one A, you know, Torts is one B, which is pretty good. I mean, he's a very good coach. He's a guy that's uh, going to hold his players accountable, which really hasn't happened. Uh, as often as it should in the last, you know, eight years or so. Uh, so Torts will get the most out of his players. The problem is <laughs> he doesn't have good players. Uh, <laughs> you know, the Flyers now have seven. Torts is the seventh coach they've had in nine years. Right. What does that tell you? That tells you that, uh, you know, it's not the coaching. You know, Elaine Vigneault had basically the same resume as John Tortorella. Uh, in fact, he had a much higher winning percentage. The only thing different is that Torts had won a Stanley Cup. Vino has been to the finals twice, and uh, he's rebuilt teams and, and done very well. But basically, the resumes are uh, very, very similar. And he had one good year, and then the bottom fell out. And, uh, you know, of course, he was fired early last season. I guess my point is that seven coaches in nine years, it's not the coaching here. It's the talent level. And you're absolutely right. They, they need to make some moves in the offseason. And to me, I would tear it down. It looks like they're not going to do that. I would have a total rebuild. Uh, you know, you, that doesn't mean you throw away the season. Uh, you still have to have some veterans on there. And, and maybe the young guys develop. But, you know, I, I, would, I would have everybody in play as far as trades right now. Ivan Provrove, uh, you know, Travis Konechny. Uh, on and on, uh, because this team, you're going to have to make some two-for-one trades. Like, maybe you trade Provorov and you get a number one pick and a very good prospect. And that's how you build your farm system, uh, and you have to be patient. The fans have to be patient. And for the fans that I talk to, and I, I go back and forth with them a lot on Twitter, I think they will be patient. They actually want to be patient. You know, a rebuild can be fun. Watching a team, you know, build on the way up and get a little better each year until you're you know, not just a playoff contender, which almost everybody's a playoff contender, let's face it, when 16 teams make the playoffs. But the goal should be to be a Stanley Cup contender, and the Flyers right. simply are not that right now. No, they're not. And, you know, it's it's sinful to think because it, it almost feels like, and, and I, I could be absolutely wrong, it almost feels like this team is getting ready to just basically shut the doors at the wells, 
sell it and go elsewhere because I, I just don't see where the Flyers organization. I mean, I remember, you know, being back home in Philly, going to games. I mean, even on the worst of worst seasons, at least there was something to show for, for the Flyers, for the fans. And it just seems within the last four to five years, it's just not there. And everybody's patient, including myself, trying to see where the teams end up going. But I just don't know if, if who has taken over after Ed Snyder wants that. It just seems like everything, it's its more than just beyond slow. It's just, it's not there. They're not listening to the fan base. I know that we can't, you know, all of us have, you know, wishes and hopes for what we would like out of the Eagles, out of the Phillies, the Sixers, and the Flyers. But it just seems like it's just, it's not there. And I think that's what's more hurtful for us as fans, especially as Flyers fans, that you just see year after year after year of the same product. I mean, the only time they actually had any kind of a run was during a bubble. And that was it. And then since then, it's been absolutely nothing. It's just been flatline. So we, we saw it with the Phillies. Phillies are now trying to make that turnaround. But when it comes to the Flyers, it's just they've fallen flat. So what – obviously, other than John Tortorella being now the new head coach for, for your Flyers, what else can this organization do to tell the fans, like, listen, just don't give up. Just wait and see what happens. Yeah, let me just add one point in fairness to the Flyers. Uh, they had a ton of injuries last year, and not just – injuries to you know bottom players bottom right. line players or bottom defensemen they lost their best defenseman ryan ellis for all but four games uh you know they lost sean couture for probably three quarters of the season he's their top line center they lost kevin hayes their second line center for about half the season so if those guys come back and they're 100 and that's a big if uh, especially with ryan ellis uh this team you know will be in the playoff hunt and again, that's not where you want to be. You want to be a cup contender, not just a, a playoff contender. But, you know, things were really spiraled out of control last year and injuries had a lot to do with it. That said, to get to your point, you know, they do may have to make a lot of changes. I, I think right now it's a good step to get Tortorella here. As I wrote for Philly Hockey Now the other day, Gritty, you're absolutely right sadly was the face of this franchise now tortorella is the face of the franchise right. but you want you do not want your coach to be the face of the franchise you know is bednar the uh the face of the colorado avalanche absolutely not is john cooper uh the face of the tampa bay lightning absolutely not the the players the stars they have many of them they're the faces of the franchise and that's with claude Giroux gone the flyers really there is no face of this franchise right, right now so you have to build to that. And how do you do that uh, when you have no cap space? Uh, their minor league system is average at best. So you have to make some deals. Like I said, you have to make some two-for-ones. Uh, you sign a free agent here and there. And uh, you be patient. You have to be patient. And, and maybe it takes three years before you're a cup contender. But I, I think this fan base is ready for that. They're ready for a rebuild because uh, it's not going to be done overnight. He said, as what moves they can make, you know, you can trade a Provorove, um, you know, maybe you trade them uh, to the Jersey Devils for the number two overall pick. Makovsky uh, right. would be, you know, is a, a star in the making. He's a big left winger. He's got a great shot. His body's probably close to NHL ready right now. He may need, you know, a few months uh, of fine tuning before he's ready for the NHL. But, you know, you have to make bold moves like that. That That's... That's the direction I would go. But, you know, the, the management, they're kind of hemming and hawing and saying, you know, we're only a couple players away. You know, we're going to we're going to just retool. And 
a couple players away from what? From being, a, you know, a playoff contender, as I said. But, you know, for those who follow the Flyers from way back, that was not the goal. You know, it was Stanley right. Cup or bust, and they are far from that. So you have to be patient. And I, to me, it's it's got to be maybe a three-year plan. It maybe follow the New York Rangers model. I mean, they got yeah. they were fortunate, you know, that Panarin wanted to go there and got fortunate with John Fox. But you know, maybe the Flyers catch some breaks along the way like that too. I I think Tortorella, you know, for all you hear about John Tortorella being tough on players and criticizing you know, players, fans, media. I've talked to players that play for him, and, and they love Scotty Hartnell for one. They they really enjoyed playing for him. You know, they want to be right. disciplined. They want somebody to give them direction. So maybe some of the free agents will come here because of Tortorella. And uh, uh, But as I said, they, they this is not an overnight fix. Sam, as far as uh, just thanks for coming on. I mean, as you say, you know, seven coaches in nine years. And you think Chuck Fletcher is possibly the problem? I think he's, you know, to me, Chuck, Chuck, good guy, uh, mediocre general manager. He was a general, a mediocre general manager in Minnesota. He's been a mediocre general manager here. And uh, he hasn't made any moves that, uh, you know, he can, he can, stick his hat out and say, Hey, this is my team. You know, he's not given this team an identity. Uh, what is this team's identity? You know, are they a fast team? Are they uh, uh, an offensive machine, defensive machine? They have no identity. And that to me is on Fletcher. And, uh, you know, I think this is, this is his last summer, I think, to get it right. If he doesn't, uh, I, I think it, it's show me time for Chuck Fletcher. If he doesn't get it right, I, I think there will be a change in general manager managership because they're not going to change coaches again, you know, after a year towards right. just signed a four-year contract. So, uh, you know, it's now or never this, this is a big summer for Chuck Fletcher. No question about it. I mean, not to go back in retrospect, but did the Flyers fire Ron Hextall too soon? Uh, probably. I mean, to me, he had the right plan. Uh, you know, was he perfect? Far from it. Um, you know, and he gets criticized for not taking Kale McCarr. Uh, but if you look back on it, uh, almost all the scouts all over the place love Nolan Patrick. So, you know, I mean, it's easy to be a Monday morning quarterback and say, right. you know, a, a guy who's now the best defenseman in the league, uh, you know, you should have taken him at two instead of letting him slide to number four to Colorado in 2017. But, you know, I, I thought Hextel had a plan. The plan was to get more draft picks. You notice almost every trade he made, he got an extra draft pick in there. Uh, he was built. He built up a, a really poor farm system, and uh, and he somehow got rid of a lot of big contracts, including Chris Pongers, uh, who had who had retired a couple years earlier, and he still traded right. him. You know, so um, yeah, to me, I would have hung on to Hextel a little bit longer. And uh, but there was a lot of uh, dissension among management, and there was a, a tug of war, a, a power struggle, if you will, between management and Hextall. A lot of disagreements. They thought he was kept things too much to himself, and uh, you know they wanted somebody. You can you can say they wanted a yes man, and uh, you know. But uh, Chuck Fletcher has not proven himself so far with the Flyers. I guess he's been here about four years now. 
And uh, like I said, this this is the summer he's got to remake this team and and give it an identity. I mean, even if the Flyers are a 500 team or whatever, if you see they're making steps and going in the right direction, you can live with that. If you see the farm system is being stocked and getting better, if you see there are more high draft picks, next year is going to be a tremendous year in the draft. I'm talking about the 2023. Uh, So if they can make some deals uh, in the upcoming weeks before this draft and try to secure some 2023 drafts, uh, you know, that that would be a big part for Fletcher. So we'll see how it plays out. This draft is uh, July 7th and 8th in Montreal. And that's generally when you see a lot of trades made and and because all the general managers are together and uh, uh, it'll be a big time for Chuck Fletcher. Sam, again, thanks for coming on. Um, hiring Tortorella obviously is a positive step in the right direction. But unless this organization makes ballsy moves or bold moves to get the players in there that Tortorella wants – it's going to be all for naught. I mean, I don't know what bold moves they can make, but if we fast forward three years, if they don't get the players in there, Sam, it's going to be all for naught anyway. Yeah, and they have to get players. Uh, I agree with you. They have to get players that give them an identity, as I as I mentioned, and they have to get faster. I mean, you look at the Colorado team, and, and the Flyers aren't even on the same planet as them speed-wise. And, and – uh, you know, and right now your hands are tied. You can't go out. Johnny Goudreau, of course, is from South Jersey, right across the river from Philadelphia and and grew up a Flyers fan and has said in the past that he would like to play with the Flyers at some point. Well, he's a free agent. He'll probably command nine to ten million dollars. The Flyers cannot afford him right now. And that's another reason to try to get rid of uh, uh, a Provrove, not just get rid of him, but, you know, acquire something for the future, something really good for the future. And that would free cap space and the flyers need an identity. Goudreau at least would be a start to that identity. If they can get him here, maybe gives them a hometown discount. And, uh, you know, he's a free agent. Nas Kadri is a free agent. He's a guy that I, I, uh, I wrote about a few years ago that the flyers should make a play for him. He's now 31. So I don't know if you, you go for him. Um, but there, there are players, um, there are players out there, younger players, uh, that they can get and, uh, without mortgaging the future. And, uh, they do have some, some nice prospects, um, you know, the Allison's, uh, Wade Tippett and, uh, you know, this should be their year. It's Morgan Frost. This is their year to shine, to not shine, but break through. And to show that they're pros and that they can stay healthy. That's been the big problem with Wade Allison. And, um, you know, I, I just I just hope that this roster has a lot of young players on it. Because, as I said, if you're not playing well, but at least young players are developing. If the team is not playing well, but the young players are developing, taking positive steps. You can live with that because next year they're going to be even better. Supposedly, that's another thing. The Flyers need to get a developmental coach in here so the players don't flatline. Uh, if, if you look at Program and Connecty, those guys, you know, have been, you know, at one level and then they tail off and, and they never climb to stardom. You know what I mean? They're, 
they're good players, but they don't turn into great players. And, and you know, where Provo was, was drafted, he should be a great player by now. Fuji? Uh, I was just going to ask Sam, um, as far as I love John Tortorella, always did, but what's his tolerance? Can you actually see him here for four years? I mean, I know he blows up the media, just gets to him, and he just blows up, and it's like no matter where the man goes, he's just, you know, that Italian fire in him. Just yeah, you know what? He's, he's been in a couple places, six and seven years. So I think that's a little bit of a misconception that he that he has a short shelf life. Uh, he actually has a longer shelf life. The, I think the average coach in the NHL is is a little bit less than three years, believe it or not. And, uh, you know, I, I talked to him a couple times in the last week, and I found him to be much more humble and have so much more humility than I, I saw when I was an outsider and he was with, you know, the Rangers or, or Vancouver and uh, Columbus. And I think he's evolved over the years. I think he's matured. Uh, and he even says he's made mistakes along the way. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think he, yeah, I think he definitely will, uh, could be here for four years. I think he will be here for all four years. He did say this is going to be his last coaching stop. He'll be 64 right. years old tomorrow. So he'll be, he'll be 68, uh, when he gets done the four years here. And, uh, yeah, I, I think he's going to see it through. And, um, he was really, you know, he talked to some kids in the Ed Snyder, uh, youth hockey foundation last night kids that had graduated from high school and he took time out of his crazy schedule uh, to talk to them at their graduation ceremony. And, and uh, he was just so sincere. And he, and he, one of the things he mentioned was, he says, I'm not sure whether I get more pleasure out of seeing somebody develop as a player, you know, or just teaching them different lessons. You know, he says, I, I like seeing them mature as a person. And uh, there, there's a lot more to John Tortorella when you when you see him, you know, every day or or a few times a week. Uh, he he's evolved, he's matured, and uh, that's not to say he's not going to have a short fuse. And he even said that he says I'm going to be in arguments with some of you guys. You know, we had a, we had about 20 media members there, and uh, he said, but you're going to have to learn about me, and uh, I coach from my heart. And uh, I always have the best interests of my players uh, in mind. And uh, he's going to go to war for his players. Right. And uh, so far, you know, it, it may sound like lip service. Oh, this is what a new coach says. But, you know, I just liked how relaxed he was. He just seems like he's in his element. And he admitted being at ESPN for a year and he, and he loved being there. He said he made some lifelong friends there. But he was out of his element. He's in his element. He says, the locker room is his element. He says, I think of myself as a teacher, you know, you know, a teacher more than a coach. Uh, I came away really impressed. Maybe I'm being naive, but I came across saying, hey, th- this guy, because, you know, a lot of people think, oh, he can only coach veterans. I, I did not get that impression at all. I think he's going to be good with the young kids. And I think that's another reason why Fletcher should go into a total rebuild. And uh, I think Torts will get the most out of the players, and I think they will develop. Uh, the young guys have not developed at, at the pace you want to see them develop, you know, under the last few coaches. 
And I, I think Torts uh, is going to do a good job of getting the most out of the players. And I think their development will uh, be on, a, on an upward swing uh, instead of what we've seen recently. I, I did watch the uh, press conference when you were, you know, asking them. And, you know, Torts seemed like, you know, he, like you said, he's humbled. It's more laid back, not like short views like he was years ago. And I know Cam Atkinson played under him at a – Columbus and he was like excited that towards back as a coach. So, you know, hopefully these, you know, veterans and guys like Cam Atkinson will, you know, get these young guys, you know, fired up and ready to play for John Tortorella. Yeah. He admitted the other day, he's going to lean on Cam Atkinson a lot uh, because they have that trust factor. And, and uh, he is really proud of Atkinson. He said that, he was not the player early in his career that he, you know, has evolved into. And, uh, you know, he, he's proud of him, not just on the ice, but off the ice. Great family guy, has two young kids. And, and just, just the way, uh, just an upbeat player. And, in fact, it would not be shocking if he named um, Cam Atkinson the captain. I, I still right. think that Kajuri is the favorite. And... Uh, Atkinson's a little more outgoing and a little bit more fiery, but Couture, um, you know, he, I, I think Claude Giroux was politically correct a lot when he talked to reporters and, uh, you know, it, it was a lead by example type thing. And there's nothing wrong with that, but I, but I think Couture is not only a lead by example guy and he gives it all. I mean, nobody plays oh, yeah. harder. He gives it all, but I also think he's, He's good with the media, and that's part of, you know, what the job is as a captain. He's good with the media in that he won't throw players under the bus, but he'll give honest answers, uh, you know, about what the team needs or what they did wrong. And, and you need that. You need, you need you know, somebody that's going to be willing to criticize, especially a captain. And I think he would do that. So, to me, it's either going to be Couture, Atkinson, or Scott Lawton as the captain. So, that won't be decided until after training camp. So, uh Torch says he wants to get a look at the players up close in training camp and, and find out who they are and, and uh, what they're made of and their personalities. And he, he's also talking to the players this week, uh, finding out, you know, what makes them tick, not only you know on the ice, but their family life, you know, what their hobbies are. And, and again, that may sound a little corny, but I, I think it's, it's good for a coach to, to go behind the scenes and find out who you have and, and, uh, you know, what obstacles maybe the player has in his own personal life. And, you know, somebody may have an ill parent, ill grandparent or something. Um, and that goes into effect. So Torch is, is doing all the right things right now. So sure. uh, how long the honeymoon period lasts, who knows. Yeah. But uh, we'll, we'll see. It, it, Flyers hockey, at least, is going to be more interesting with him there. It's great camaraderie, like you're saying, between no Torch and his guys. Now, I want to ask before uh, before we have to let you go here, because we thank you for for the time with us tonight. But Claude Drew, was he right on what he said after he exited out from the Flyers, ended up down there with the Florida Panthers, or is it one of those things that he just had kind of a chip on his shoulder and he wanted to vent for a minute? He said so many things. Which which specifically are you talking about? When he he basically brought down the organization, almost not really calling them like clowns per se, but saying that they didn't believe enough. I guess in him and in themselves to be contenders. Yeah, well, I I, I think uh, 
It's not that they didn't believe in themselves. I, so that to me is a bogus comment. I, I think that talent right. wasn't there. You know, I mean, uh, and Giroux certainly, you know, had the talent and he showed it, you know, when he's with two good uh, uh, line mates. And, uh, you know, he had a, he he was tremendous with Florida. And uh, it'd be interesting to see where he where he signs, where he resigns. Uh, you know, will he come back to Philly? I doubt it. Will he resign with Florida right now? They're in, they uh, have cap problems. Will he go to Ottawa? That's his hometown. Uh, Ottawa's talking about signing some some big time players, and they had a good young team, a team on the rise. So, to me, if I'm betting, I think he ends up going to Ottawa. But to answer your question. Uh, you know, it's pro- probably just something that was maybe taken out of context. I, I right. don't know, but uh, yeah. it, it does not does not seem like an accurate comment. That's for sure. Yeah, I know. I think so as well. I mean, it's again, it, it's frustrating. Again, as whether it's the players, where it's fans like us, it's frustrating to see what exactly would happen. Of course, and everybody tends to forget too about all the injuries that happened to the Flyers. No different than we've seen from the Eagles, unfortunately, as well. So. You know, we hope things get turned around, and I have to, of course, continue to convince there my co-host that even though, yes, I am here, and yes, I do follow the Lightning, that I do not give up on the Flyers because the Flyers need everyone as much as they possibly can. But, you know, I, I grew up with the Flyers. You know, I, I didn't. I was too young to see the championship parade in 74, 75, because at four or five years I old, did. you're not going to remember that stuff. But, you know, <laughs> did you? Yeah, I was on a bus that got turned over. You, know, you were on that? Oh, wow. Yeah. I was on the front page of the Inquirer. Wasn't that all all these people on the top of the bus, and I was one of them. And uh, <laughs> and then like 10 minutes later, that mob flipped it over. Thank God I had gotten off. Wasn't yeah. that on Frankfurt Avenue in the Northeast? No, this was right downtown. Oh, all right. Yeah, I, I, I actually was a teenager <laughs> in 74, and I, I paid a scalper 40 bucks to get in the game six the clinching one nothing win over boston hey. and and that wow. to me i was you know working part-time that to me was uh, a boatload of money like i can't, couldn't believe i paid forty dollars the second level but it was the best as it turned out it was the best forty dollars i still have the ticket it was the best See, i was going to say do you have that wow. ticket stub yeah i do i do wow. have it hanging that's, up in my that, that's <laughs> all that's incredible well you know what having you and al before we let you go here sam so having both of you guys on, so is it more upsetting, especially with today's ticket prices? Is it more upsetting? Let's just say, if like I think the the regular going price for the Stanley Cup Finals, but between one hundred fifty two hundred dollars. Of course, people can have them between a thousand to five thousand dollars. So let's just say, if you're you know, switching the series now back to Denver, and you have the opportunity of of possibly seeing a clinching Stanley Cup Final tomorrow night, but let's say you fork out five thousand dollars. And they lose, they bring it back down to Tampa. Is it one of those things you just say, oh, well, or do you get really frustrated? In, in reality here, do you get really frustrated because you think, I just spent $5,000 and it meant absolutely nothing? Well, if you're spending $5,000, it probably doesn't mean as yeah. much to you or I. I mean, you must have a couple, uh, you know, a million dollars. I mean, that, that's just crazy. I would never pay right. that much. But uh, um, that was- in those days, uh, the Sixers game, my, my, I owned season tickets for 21 years. The first year I had season tickets before I got in the media was the 82-83 season that they won it. Nice. And the tickets were $15 a seat, and they were front row behind the Sixers bench. The same oh, really? I'm sorry. Now they are got to be at least $200 each, right. at least. Oh, probably more, yeah. A lot more than that, yeah. yeah. But they, uh, and they went up to like 18 bucks for the playoffs. So, mm. uh, I, I heard 
Heard huh? a rumor to raise them ticket prices 20%. I don't know yeah. how true it is, though. Well, they sell out, so. Right. Uh, well, the, Flyer, the Flyers don't, though. The Sixers no. do. The yeah. Flyers, you know, I was at games last year that there were less than 10,000 people. They announced it at like 14 or 15, but they're, they're for tickets sold. But the arena had maybe nine, ten thousand, and yeah. uh, you never saw that before. The TV ratings took a big hit for the Flyers last year, so they need to do something. That's why I mentioned Johnny Goudreau, and uh, right. you know they need somebody that is going to be attractive to the fans, somebody that can score 35, 40 goals, and and they just don't have that right now, and they really don't have the players that excite you. Even Carter Hart, who you know came in. Uh, and was very exciting and thrilled the fans right away. He is tailed off. I mean, this year he was better than last year when he was horrific. But, you know, the, the jury's still out on Carter Hart even. So, uh, right now, it's tough to get for a fan to get excited about the makeup of this Flyers team. That This team, that's why, you know, they have to go out and, and make some bold moves. Right. Well, listen, Sam, the, the last question I have for you before we let you go here. Who wins the Stanley Cup Finals? I, I picked Colorado in seven before it started, so I'll, I'll still go with Colorado. I, I'm I'm surprised that uh, Tampa lost last night. And I was really su- surprised how Colorado uh, controlled uh, controlled the game. Really, they they were the better team. I mean, you can complain. I mean, Cooper complained that there were too many men on the ice uh, for the game winning goal, but you know he overlooked the fact that you know it was the ad the Avalanche that really controlled the the overtime and and good chunks of that game i mean to me that they, they're the better team and uh, i'd be surprised if it ends in five because tampa you know is going to go down hard but i i still think you know obviously three one you it would be really surprising if tampa even a great team like tampa came back so uh, right. i'll i'll still go with the abs in seven no. Um, I'm right there with you because I saw the same thing and, and we talked about it. My producer and I said it. If it goes in overtime, it's over. And that's exactly what it ended up being. I mean, it's that first goal was a fluke by Tampa Bay and, and they knew it pretty much. But uh, it, the Avs have had control minus game three. They, they've had completely control of the series and, and seeing how, you know, the Lightning have been able to do it for back to back seasons. I don't think they have it in them, unfortunately, to, to win it this year. I think it does belong to the Avs and then we'll see what happens next year because I think. Between the Rangers and the Islanders, we'll be back up there again. I'm almost quite certain. But uh, I, I can't wait to see the Flyers to finally get back to contention and hopefully bring it home after what seems like centuries. Doesn't feel like decades. Feels like centuries now since the last time they won it all. Yeah, one word, patience. You're going to yeah. need a lot of patience. The wrong going to be a while. That we do know, but listen, Sam, thank you so much for joining us. Sam, right, we really right, do appreciate pleasure. your time. My and pleasure, I, guys. Have a good night. You thank you as Bye. well. Take care. So, so thanks for for Sam Kumar and for everyone being patient as well. And, and along with Al and, and uh Al, thanks for staying in there. But before we move on here, uh going back to the Eagles in the NFL. I'd like to welcome as long as soon as I bring it up here on the screen coming up here in about two weeks out in 
Tampa, Florida. Of course, the Pretzel House. And if you guys don't know how to spell it, it's Pretzel instead of the actual H-O-U-S-E. It's the German version of H-A-U-S, PretzelHouse.com. And if you guys mention Broad Street South and you download the app and or you order online, you will receive 10% off as they are our newest sponsor here on the show. And we'll be doing a live show down there in about two weeks. So stay tuned for that. The uh, the time is still be, uh, to be determined. They are open between 11.30 a.m. to 8 p.m. Tuesday through Saturday. They are closed on Sunday and Monday. But again, if you happen to hear this, even on the replay, mention Broad Street South and you will receive 10% off on your online order. So you can order online, go to the, the restaurant, eat right there, and you'll get your 10% off the bill. So thank you to the Pretzel House for coming on as the newest sponsor here for Broad Street South. And again, you can find them at 14351 North Del Mayberry in Tampa, Florida. Not that far away, actually, from the airport as well. So if you guys know the area down there in Carrollwood and you are in, in the local Tampa area, please visit PretzelHouse.com, download the app, put in your order, and mention Broad Street South, and you will receive a 10% discount. So that's, uh, for this day and age, it's a good thing because you can always use that apply to your tip or something else. So it's it's good to have. But uh, going back to, and I'm I'm going to go, Brian, I know you have to roll soon. Uh, Ed, do you have any final words, sir? Uh, I guess the last question I have is, uh, I don't. I normally don't like to make my picks NFL-wise until oh September, but I have to ask our Eagles expert here. <laughs> I think it's going to come down to Philadelphia and Dallas for the division. Yeah. What? It's not going out on a limb. It's not going out on a limb. <laughs> well, <laughs> what do you think needs to happen this year for the Eagles to take it to the next level? Uh, number one, staying healthy. And uh, they're doing what they feel right now. Uh, by the the way they're running the off season, they're, 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 there's workouts. They're keeping it. Um, they're, they're training so they avoid soft tissue uh, injuries, which seems to be the biggest plague of them all. And uh, but if they stay healthy, uh, they have such a uh, talented team on both sides of the ball right now. Uh, like the offense should play together, so that should be great. If if, if Jalen Hurts makes that next step and uh, can complete passes down the field. It was funny during the uh, workouts, they were, uh, you know, the only two quarterbacks threw it all when we were there. And that was, uh, and we were there for the whole practice. And that was Gardner Minshew and, and Jalen Hurts. And uh, they, the other guys didn't throw it all. I mean, uh, Reed Sinet or uh, Carson Strong, they didn't get, get anything other than the drills. And the, uh, but they were uh, bombs away with Jalen Hurts and he connected on some, some doozies. Now it's just a seven on seven with D-backs. But uh, he looked pretty good. Uh, a lot of the uh, receivers were saying that there was no more hitch in his throws, uh, that he was getting the ball out uh, cleanly and quickly. And uh, if he transfers that to when there's live bullets, um, and, and he just improves. If he's 80% of what Dak Prescott is for the Cowboys, I think the Eagles win the NFC East. It's, it really is all on him. He just... Um, just has to make that one, you know, make some make some throws. And if he does that, I think they're they're in really good shape, especially with his O line and then the weapons that he has. And they have a good, they have a lot of depth. Uh, and, and their defense, they just have to learn to play together. You know, Kazir White. I mean, these guys are uh, Hassan Reddick. Uh, a lot of these guys are new. James Bradbury, all new. All the draft picks. Uh, uh, D, uh, Kobe Dean. I mean, they're great, great uh, choices. So. They have to blend together. Uh, was really impressed, um, 
you know, with what I've seen so far uh, down there. And uh, so the um, uh, it's the sky's the limit for the Eagles as far as the NFC East goes. I don't know if they're a contender for the NFC uh, championship, but they certainly can win the NFC East. They stay healthy. Brian, you good? You. Well, gentlemen, have a good weekend. I want to thank Alan Sam for being on, and everybody have a safe and a healthy weekend. Right. Thank you, too, Ryan. We'll see yeah. you, I'm pretty sure, All next right. week. Yes, yes, you will. <laughs> All right. All right, buddy. So, and one last thing before you guys go, is, uh, or we go, or whatever. Uh, Jonathan Gannon, uh, I got to be in one of his private sessions with no microphones or anything uh, during the uh, you know those uh, workouts they had together. I'll tell you what, he was really impressive. Um, you don't realize, you know, I can understand now why he got so many uh, interviews for head coaching jobs. Right. Uh, if you get him in this session, and like I said, he was he was down on the floor, he was cursing a little bit, not not like cursing at people, but he would just you know himself, and right. uh, he was really impressive. And 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 the player that he wanted, he just didn't have last year. So a lot of those games where quarterbacks were sitting, you know, you're you're fitting them for their gold jacket, you know, after playing the Eagles, um, you know, he just didn't have the horses to get it done. The defense he wants to play, and uh, I think that if he gets his way and these guys all stay healthy and and live up to what he thinks they're going to be, uh, it could be really a, a, a huge jump on defense uh, for this for this team. But again, it was definitely impressive. I'm home. So Fuji, hang on to your question there for a second. Is uh, Sean says, "What's up, guys? Do you uh, do you guys see Quez Watkins taking on a bigger role now?" I've never been, to be honest with you. I mean, he's really fast. I mean, he's really fast. You see him in practice. He just, just, just. He, that's a gift that he has for speed. But I have not yet seen him really you know, dazzle people with his hands or with his ability to get open. Uh, I hope he makes that jump, uh, but they wouldn't have got, if he, if they really, if they believed he could, they wouldn't have gotten out and, and did what they did to get AJ Brown or Zach Pascal. So right. it's up to him, but I, I, to be honest with you, um, I'm not, uh, I'm not that impressed so far, other than that he has God given talent. Will he, will he show it this year? We'll see. And some of that is to the quarterback. Uh, it, it, the quarterback's got to be able to to, uh, to be on target more. So, uh, but right now, I'm just being honest. Right, and then Sean follows up with uh, with the addition of Tart. Do you see him being? Uh, do you see big things with him? Yeah, I mean, they have uh, what they have now is depth, and they uh, at, at every position on defense now. So when you have depth like that, um, especially in the secondary, you don't have a lot of guys who are out in the island and getting burned like what you saw. Remember the dream team and Amdi Asamoah? Right. Which is, uh, Dominique Rogers Camardi were just brutal. And uh, I don't think you're going to see that this year. They have just had too much depth back there and too much overall talent. And uh, and, and nobody wants to hear from Darius Slay. And don't ever call him Darius. If you're ever around Darius Slay, never call him Darius. He's Slay. And that's it. Or you get yelled at. And uh, but, but he is the boss back there. Make no mistake about it. And I don't think he'll tolerate people being out of position. He right. really, Darius Slay is the, the funniest, most biggest character on this team. If you ever get a chance to be around him, he's hilarious. And, uh, but, uh, and never call him Darius. His name is Slay. Well, I'll make sure I have Fuji go out on the field and ask him. But uh, there's one more <laughs> one more follow-up here. And, and uh, you might know this guy. Al says, isn't this guy an accomplished author? Oh, God. 
Uh, I told you, I, well, we put the show started and I told you about the book. And uh, right. so um, uh, accomplished is not, should not be on that set. But, the, uh, but I did write a book. I checked the box. And it was about my high school at Archbishop John Carroll High School in Radnor back in 1967 uh, during the Vietnam War. And uh, the entire lay faculty, uh, the non-clergy, every single one, I think the average age was 22 years old. And you couldn't tell the school was still under construction and construction workers would come up to you. And the first thing you would say is, are you a student or a teacher? You couldn't tell us apart. We didn't have any juniors or seniors. Right. So it was a, it was a strange uh, situation. They were all there on deferments. And uh, like I was saying, the, um, the big hook of the book was that uh, it has the life story of uh, Joe Clancy, who went from Carroll and went on to become uh, his life's dream. I mean, it literally was his life's dream to be a, a Secret Service agent. He not only did that, but he became the director of the Secret Service for three years under President Obama. So proud of the book, uh, but uh, hopefully it'll lead to other things. So we'll see. Well, with, uh, Fuji, hang on for one second. When Al and uh, the rest of the guys here from Edge of Philly Sports was part of the Philly Sports Trips family by... Uh, Great guys. Yeah, they're... It's a, it's a lot of Absolutely. fun, especially with phillysportstrips.com. It's, uh, we're, we're happy to be one big happy family. So thanks to Al and, and the rest of the guys who are at Edge of Philly Sports always end up doing an amazing job over there as well. But uh, one more follow-up for you before you get into your question here. As Sean says, who will then step up and be the vocal leader since this team uh, since we lack, obviously, Brian Dawkins, him being gone? Well, in the secondary, it'll be Slay. Uh, and then uh, I guess for the rest of the team, you'll probably see Hassan Reddick. When a guy refers to himself as a weapon um, right. and he's looking at you right in the eye and says, I'm a weapon, um, I think fans are going to like Hassan and what he brings to the table. And he's from Camden, so he's a Philly guy. So Yeah, yeah. exactly. So uh, that's who I think is going to be the big – and, of course, Brandon Grant. God willing, he's um, he's healthy. So, But uh, Hassan Reddick could be that, that, that big leader. You know? hey, I'll just add two quick questions. Jonathan Gannon, Al, no, no excuses with these weapons. Not no Eagles. Eagles last year, second or third from the least amount of sacks in the NFL. Is he just going to unleash the beast and just yeah. send the house or what? In your opinion, yeah, he's got these uh, five-man fronts that we hear about uh, that really sound exciting because he's got the guys now. He's got uh, Hassan Reddick. Um, he, he he hopes that Derek Barnett, you know, kind of gets. Um, you know, he's, he's on his last year of his, you know, this is his last chance with the Eagles. Uh, I think that uh, uh, Nicobe Dean is a beast, uh, you know, for that kind of role to go after the quarterback. I think you're going to see a dramatic difference in uh, in uh, in sacks this year, uh, just because of the way he has the horses now. And I think he's going to, um, and the fact that he has Jordan Davis to uh, this massive human being that's going to be clogging up the middle and allowing He's going to occupy sometimes two or three guys, and he's going to um, he's going to allow these guys to really take off on the quarterback. Same thing with Brandon Graham; he'll be able to get some more. Sacks. He had seven sacks, I think, in the first uh, eight games, and then uh, uh, the year before, before he got hurt, and then nothing the second half of the season. So hopefully, he won't have to play as many minutes, and uh, we'll see some production out of Brandon Graham. But uh, Jordan Davis in the middle—that could be really be exciting because he is going to allow. Jonathan Gannon, like you said, to unleash the dogs, and you're going to see a dramatic difference in the uh, number of sacks. Also, you know, Jalen Rager being way down in the depth chart of the wide receiving core. Yeah, now, as you said, 
do you see him making the team? I mean, with Zach Pascal, well, uh, it's going to be tough. Uh, he's a draft pick, a uh, uh, you know first round draft pick. So they 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 team, these teams never want to admit they made a mistake. So he'll probably be on the team in some some manner, but the the pressure's off him. It, it was the same thing with Quez Watkins. If him and Jalen Reger had really stepped up and played. Um, with Ava Needle, this this revamped room, so to speak. But then again, it's also, you go back to the quarterback. Jalen Hurts was not an accurate quarterback uh, overall. Um, he struggled at times with the passing game. And it wasn't until they went to the running game and took that pressure off him to the Eagles run, and they had a, a break in the schedule, did they have that big run where they uh, won all those games and made the playoffs. Now, the Eagles, it seems like this year, and and – as much as at times we all love to make you know fun of or at least light of Harry Roseman, but for what he's done so far between the draft and up to this point, how he's got to get at least I would say at least close to a very close A as oh, yeah. far as what he's done with what he has because literally he's he's making magic happen one way or the other and how he fashioned he's he's able to do so. So I'm. Um, the excitement is starting to build now. You can start feeling like the Philly fan base coming around, and, and they just feel it's it's a different type of era from what we felt before. And we know that, you know, it, it seems like every year we we build into it, obviously coming to 2017, then end up winning it all. And now we seem to, to go kind of yeah. backwards a little bit. But it just seems like this year, for some reason, there's more and more excitement for this season to get underway. So it, am I wrong out, or does it seem like there maybe there is something that's in the air that everybody feels that this could be a, a really good season for the Eagles? They could have a you know a, a terrific season. Uh, you know they had these. Oh, we're going to take this guy in the second round. He should have been a first round pick, but he was injured, and and then it never seemed to work out. Uh, but Landon Dickerson. Yeah, I'm sure he's uh, right now. Landon Dickerson is Howie Roseman's favorite player on this roster because he came in. They had uh, Isaac Ciamalo gets hurt. Uh, they lose uh, Brandon Brooks uh, based for his career. They needed a guard right away, and he really did uh, uh, pick it up and play well. And he seems to be completely injured, you know, free of everything. He's 100% right now. So uh, that was a big thing for, for Howie Roseman. And then just everything fell his way this offseason the draft, the free agents. Uh, you know, when you have a caliber player, and I said it earlier today with, with Hassan Reddick, really wanted to come back here and play. Uh, it was really, and uh, same thing with Kazir White, who's from the area, from, I think, Allentown. So uh, you had these guys who are good was, players who wanted to come here. It was a great pickup. I mean, he led the Chargers and tackles last year, and just yeah. a guy that was under the radar for $5 million. Yeah. And he wanted, he wanted to come back. He wanted to come back right. to Philly. So, um, and he, he wants that one-year make-good-deal. And players aren't afraid of that anymore. And part of that's Dak Prescott. I mean, the, oh, why didn't he sign? He gets hurt, and he's carried off in a stretcher and all that, and he's still got the money, right? right. So um, yeah, that whole thing about um, taking a chance on one year, uh, Kirk Cousins, um, Al Zafiri's favorite player, uh, Kirk Cousins <laughs> proved that you can go one year <laughs> at a time and, and you know, put $100 million in the bank, you know, so um, – uh, I think Kazir White did the right thing. You know, he's going to get a chance here. Right. So. Look, look at Steve Great. Smith. All right. I mean, got a two, three year deal down in Houston for like 10 million or so. Yeah. So um, the uh, uh, things are looking bright for the birds uh, this year, but we'll see. We've been, we've been here before and I've yeah. uh, been disappointed. So uh and I don't think that the Eagles sound like they're trying to hype it as much, uh, but everything does kind of revolve around Hurts. 
Um, it's really going to be, you know, it really revolves around him. And he made that big leap. But all the players are saying that he has made some strides. Just seeing him, he's bigger. He looks more cut. He's uh, gained a little bit of weight, but it's all in the right places. So, uh, and that he was, his throwing was, uh, you know, uh, just, it just his overall uh, game when he came back to these workouts. People were saying that he, players were saying he really looked good. So we'll see. Now, Al, the, the Eagles aside here, and talking about now as far as your radio, your radio career, being a yeah. radio host, what was one of your, probably your most all-time favorite interview uh, of any of all time that you can recall that actually to this day kind of sticks out the most out of anything you've done in, in just in radio alone? In radio? Wow. Um, I guess um, getting um, one-on-one with Kurt Werner. Uh, at a Super Bowl, um, uh, getting a one-on-one with Peyton Manning at a Super Bowl. It was uh, pretty interesting. Uh, after the game, this was in the locker right. room, one-on-one. Uh, I didn't get him on tape, but I, I did get to talk to uh, uh, Bill Clinton uh, as the game was ending against the Eagles in 2005. That was almost by accident. That was pretty interesting. But as far as um, radios, um that's those two stick out for me as far as sports goes. Um, man, it's been so long, you know, you forget. And, uh, but, uh, those two really stick out, um, as far as the, you know, the biggest stars and getting them one-on-one, uh, I, I getting one-on-one on the phone once with Martina Navratilova was, was really interesting once that I got. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, uh, uh, that was pretty cool. And music I've interviewed, uh, John N. Twistle, uh, some pretty big names in the music industry, you know, obviously before he died, but the, uh, uh, that was pretty cool. So, uh, and John Bon Jovi, when he came, when he was here with the, uh, with the soul, uh, but the, uh, but sports wise was getting those quarterbacks, uh, uh, you know, one-on-one after the game. And like I said, when they win the Super Bowl, it's, um, it's, uh, it's pretty, uh, uh, easy to talk to them. You know, they're in a really good mood. And, and right. one I will say was the funniest and the most interesting was um, Michael Chang. Do you remember him, the tennis player? Yeah. He won the French Open. Right. Well, they used to have a U.S. pro indoor here in Philadelphia at the Spectrum. And they had those two courts side by side, and they play matches at the same time. It's crazy. But Michael Chang played an evening game in like a quarterfinal. And the game wasn't over till like 1230 at night. Most people had left in the media. I hung around, but they didn't have a deadline. It was like a Friday night, and I, I, my show wasn't until Saturday night. And he had these horrible cramps. It plagued him his whole career. But I'm in the. Tr- they let me go back into the trainer room where he's getting treatment for this. And the only way he can do the interview is if I. He has to lie on the floor on his back, and I had to lie down on the floor with my microphone and tape player and interview oh, wow. him lying on the floor. Uh, holding my microphone. It was hilarious. I mean, we had a great interview, wow. you know, I mean, on the radio, you would never know. And uh, right. that was something that, uh, you know, you get me started on some of these memories. It's pretty good. And uh, I remember interviewing J- uh, Jimmy Connors in that tournament. Also, uh, wow. I'm trying to think of, uh, uh, God, I'm tr- I can't think of the, uh, some of the names right now. John McEnroe. No, not McEnroe. It was um, it fuzzy hair, a great champion. He's in the uh, movie with uh, Will Smith. I had uh, DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince uh, was on my show um, when they were 18 years old. 
Wow. And oh, wow. Uh, I had stopped. Uh, I was a season ticket holder. I just started this local music show that I still have, original music show for Philadelphia area artists. And um, I was season ticket holder, those seats behind the bench, and wearing my red Sixers jacket. And I spotted uh, Will Smith. He was just a kid. Uh, I knew who he was, but no one had at the time. He he was nobody. And uh, he might have been 18. It was 1989. And uh, he's being thrown out of the spectrum for mouthing off to a guard because he was in the wrong seat. I go over and I, I told the guard he's my buddy. I mean, I've never seen him before in my life. He wow. went right along with it and said, see, <laughs> and my man here, you know, like pointing to me. And, right. the, guard, and I, the guard knew me because I was there every game, right? And, right. Uh, and uh, so he lets him go. And he walks over to me. We sit down at my seat and he pretends like uh, we're friends or something. You know, the guard walks away. I said, man, you owe me big time. And, uh, and, he, and he said, it's okay. And I go, uh, I want an interview with you. And uh, so he, he um, there really was a JL. You know, remember he talks about JL and his raps? Yeah. JL, right. You know, there really is a J James Lannister was his name, I think. And he gave me his number and he set it up. He did a show after a Sixers game that maybe 500 people stayed for. But during the game, I, um, I was, we sat back in the dressing room with him. For the entire game, him and and there was just a th me and a, a guy named Jay Davidson, a great uh, saxophone mm. player. Uh, we sat in the uh, dressing room with him, just the four of us, and did this really funny interview that every once in a while I break out. When he punched um, Chris Rock, I uh, I brought it out and played it the next week because in it he they, they jokes about it, the song which just came out. Where I think I could beat Mike Tyson. Right. It was a really funny bit we did in the uh, interview. They're 18 years old and they were, he was really funny. But that was probably the the DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince as far as you know where they went after that. You know, I would have tried to adopt him if I'd known where he was going to go. You know, right. and, exactly. Yeah, uh, they hey need another dad. You know, like uh, right. so I uh, that was really memorable. So you asked me the question, there it is. I started thinking about different people I interviewed. So I'm pretty oh, no, interesting listen. stuff. I've been very blessed to be able to do some really wild stuff. Yeah. No, and I'm pretty sure a lot of Challenge. people appreciate it. We'll have to one day you'll have to come back and we'll talk Absolutely. about as far as the radio history and, and different things of, uh, of what you come across because obviously radio's changed a lot today. It's it's not the same that we know that we grew up with. Um, right. especially if some people go way back when you had reel to reel before everything else had started. So yeah, you know, I, have, I have I have Robert Hazard's version of girls just want to have fun before he turned it over to Cindy Lauper for that mega hit. Right. That was yeah. by a guy in Philly named Robert Hazard. He right. died a few years ago. And uh, but I have that song on reel to reel, and I used to play it on reel to reel. He he actually oh, wow. sang at Escalator of Life. Right, that was his his. I hit. remember. But he sold that. He he gave that song to her, and he kept all the publishing. He made millions. That's right. I heard that, but I forgot. Yeah. yeah. So now, anyway. if I, I will say this much, now if you ever need to interview anyone for like the, the, the top vocalist, the guy right above me right here sings. I mean. <sighs> Just like a Jaybird, yeah, just like a Jaybird. So if you <laughs> if you need to interview someone, believe me, I I wish I had the picture on on standby here to show you his his vocal uh, the way he likes to sing. But I, I don't know if I still have it up here. I may not have it. Let's, oh no, you know what? Maybe I still do. Matter of fact, it's right here. Just oh, wow. get, it, yeah, he he. How we give him the thumbs up there and, and does a tremendous tremendous job. So if you ever need to interview anybody. Right, that man right there. If you need a fill in, he can do it for you. Tell us, no. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I did interview live. You know those guys that to that band live. Yeah, yeah. I had them on my show when they were 16 years old, and they were called. Their name for the band was um, 
uh, public affection. And they were 16 years old. And I had hosted a night at the barn in Ben Salem at the time. It was an MMR series. And they kind of had me, because I was just this public radio station. We had a, uh, Lynn Kratz was the uh, MMR host, but I was the in-house DJ. And I still have the cassette of public affection in the original rapper. They gave me two. I wow. still have the other one. I, I'm thinking with a choice. Mark, they from upstate Pennsylvania somewhere, I believe? York. They were from yeah, York. Yeah, that's a yeah. So, uh, and they used to invite me to their shows. They invited me to be in their first video, and I didn't go. I kick myself now. But the uh, and uh, they're not going to go anywhere, you know. Like so, like 100 million records later, you know. But the uh, but uh, so there, there's some other memories too. To talk to them and, and i can this is this is where you start getting nostalgic and i can go on on and on with this stuff yeah. because it's mm. it's great to hear stories yeah. that again you normally won't hear on regular radio because it's yeah. you, know, you have the commercial breaks and you have to go with what they you right. know they, they end up telling you to do but it, it's absolutely fantastic because you don't get to hear a lot of stuff anymore and that's kind of like what i miss i'm old school radio and i like when people used to tell yeah. us stories you know, how they were supposed to be told and they paint the picture and, and you can just have the yeah. radio on and you can just envision, you know, unlike now, yeah. obviously everything is visual and then we have different yeah. audio effects and everything else, but it's like, it's the best thing. Sharing yeah. the stories is always the best. And, that, and that's what I appreciate and value the most. So I, now I enjoy it. I really do. And Fuji and I, you know, we've been, again, fortunate. We've been doing this for a short amount of period of time, but it, I, I love, that's one part that I will say about doing a podcast that I enjoy the most is getting to hear your backstory along with everyone else that you just won't be able to hear on regular radio because they, right. they just don't have the time. And so right. that's very, very, at least I appreciate it. So Al, thank you for number one, your, the hard work and dedication you end up doing the, the years of radio and the memories that you still have from yeah. that. And, you know, and by all means, always come back because we would love to have you back on. And, and one yeah. night we will have to have a, a nostalgic radio night just so today's, yeah age group can kind of catch up and understand yeah. why a lot of us love the way radio used to be before. Unlike the way it is today. That's correct. So we appreciate it, Al. Th right. Hey, thank you. My pleasure. Yeah. Uh, if you cut this off. Yep. I will remove you. Then I'll be able okay. to, to take you off from there. So thanks again. Al. We, we, we do appreciate it. Have a good night. So let me get me off that screen. <laughs> no, you know, listen, you're the guest there. <laughs> I don't want to be the guest. <laughs> As always. But no, listen, it, it's always, it's always, always, always good to have people on it. And tonight, you know, again, Fuji knocking out the park with two great guests with Alan Sam. So that's, I mean, it's absolutely fantastic. And again, Fuji coming wrong, but I mean, this is again, this is why we do this stuff because where else can you hear stories like Al said, you know, just now about the memories, about the fresh prints. Who knew that, you know, about that, about Will Smith. I don't even think Will Smith's ever even talked about it. As many interviews that we've seen on TV and heard on radio and everything else, we've never heard that. So it'd be cool that, you know, if, if some crazy reason he's able to hear this on a replay, but you know, who knew? Exactly. Never know you come across where they've been. Right. In all walks and, of life. Yeah. And, and that's what started. makes it fun. Exactly. That's what makes a lot of fun. So we'd like to wrap up the show here as we always do with our great sponsors, including the newest one. I will bring them back up on the screen here momentarily, but as DJ montage already has it ready on the screen here, I already see it. The pretzel house. Once again, thank you to our new sponsors that came in the pretzelhouse.com. Don't forget to download the app. And yes, it is available for both the iPhone and Android. So which either phone that you have, you can download it. Mention on your online ordering. Of course, this is here in the Tampa area. So if you live in Philly, unless you travel down here to Tampa, 
you know, it's a different story. There will be a point where they'll be able to ship it directly to where you are. They're currently working on that. But for right now, for the Tampa residents in the surrounding Tampa Bay area, if you go to pretzelhouse.com, download the app, also order online, you can get 10% off once you mention Broad Street South. So mention Broad Street South to get 10% off your bill. It's actually pretty good because, again, you can order it online but still eat it inside the restaurant. And, again, the show will be live there in about two more weeks on a Saturday Time to be determined. I'll let everybody know exactly through social media uh, when it ends up happening. So we'd like to thank the Pretzel House for jumping on board. Really do appreciate it. Along with our longest tenured sponsor, Tampa Joe's, Mike Goodwin, and that entire group, because we know that football season is right around the corner and where you can find the Philly of the South Eagles fan group, along with Broad Street South, of course, you can find them over at Tampa Joe's. And by the way, Mike Klein celebrating his 28th year with the club. There's lots to be done. He put out a memo not too long ago that there's things that are going to be coming up for the club. So look for that on their Facebook page, on Philly South Facebook page. But thank you to Tampa Joe's at 9316 Anderson Road in beautiful Tampa, Florida. A hop's giving a jump over from the airport. If you guys like serious food a fun place it is the best place to be great host great owner great people and there's even a hotel right now a brand spanking new one next to the movie house right in the same area so you feel like getting drunk no problem they can wheel you right on over to the hotel so if you're coming from out of town and want to catch an eagles game because you're down here on vacation during you know september all the way through january go down to tampa joe's at 9316 anderson road in tampa florida and visit their website, tampajoes.com. Once again, a fun place and serious food, along with our guys, Vince and the entire gang in San Diego for the Phillies four-game set with philliesportstrips.com. If you want to travel, travel with the pros with philliesportstrips.com. Like I said, one of their packages right now that the guys are currently at and women over in San Diego, and I'm pretty sure they're going to have a blast. I'm dying to get out there at Fuji at Petco Park. I, I would absolutely love to see that baseball field. Your mic, sir. It's pretty neat out there because they have like that old-fashioned lumberyard warehouse right out there in left field. So that would be, you know, a pretty nice trip out there. Go to L.A., see the Dodgers, Dodge, old Dodgers. Wait, wait. Oh, slow down, slow down, slow down. I said Petco Park. I didn't say anything I know, about I said LA. Dodger Stadium. Okay. As long as I'm, you said I'm it. nostalgic myself. So no, I, like I am to too. To, I like to go to Chavis Ravine and see where the you know the original Brooklyn Dodgers moved to. Right. No, I agree with you. It would be nice though. It would be nice to go out there for an LA trip to take a look. I, I of course I see a busting chops, but no, it'd be it'd be pretty cool to, to go out there because apparently from what people see, I guess on TV or something, the area is not like kind of like I guess the best, not saying that it's run down, but it's completely different from what's shown, I guess, on, on TV. So it would be good to, to take a look down there uh, as far as LA. It would be a couple of stadiums I would love to absolutely see. But anyways, if you guys can see there as DJ Montage is bringing up, a couple of the trips are already sold out. Don't forget, Eagle season, once again, is coming up. So there's trips to Arizona, which I believe, Fuji, that is very, very, very close to being sold out, correct? I believe so. I mean, that seems like the popular, most popular trip this season for Eagles fans on the road. Um, you know, as you see, yeah. Scotland sold out. I know it was last call with the Dick Vermeil trip and 
also the London trip, I believe, are just about sold out as well. So, you know, Vince is, you know, take care of you. Vince is the best in the business. You know, him and Bob Cavanaugh of Cavs Catering, they're the best at do it all in the local areas as far as, you know, Phillies, Eagles, Sixers, Flyers trips. So, go with yeah. Vince and Philly sports trips and you won't be disappointed and you can't go wrong. We sure can. I'm going to take away the sponsorship here, DJ Montage, for a second because I see someone who chimed in very late, and I did ask him a question, and it is <laughs> Joey B. As he says, "Go Abs, Fuji." I'm going to chug some wine coolers after my Abs clinched the cup over Angels Lightning tomorrow night. And uh, it, it, listen, Joey, as we talked about, I asked Joey a question as far as pulling the goalie, yeah. which I said they shouldn't have pulled him because obviously he did a good job for them, and there was no reason to pull him. I, I, just because of one bad game, and obviously he didn't. He built his confidence back, and rightfully so, they ended up winning. Uh, Fuji, I need to send you an Avalanche shirt, oh boy. <laughs> uh, brother. Uh, $32,000 for four tickets in the lower bowl here in Denver tomorrow night. And amazing what people are paying. That's, and I just, what did I just say, like $5,000? Yeah. Joey, if you want to if you want to send anybody a T-shirt, be the guy next to me so he can cry in it. When those Tampa Bay Lightning don't three-peat it and go right in the toilet. Go, it, go, go abs. It, it's it's a good thing you pointed towards the right because there's no guy next to you unless you're talking about Brian Dawkins because this guy, I'm not going to be crying about anything whatsoever. It, it's an amazing feat what they've done, so it's all right. Uh, and, ride, and Joey... Ride that front run and you front run. <laughs> yeah, well, ride ride yeah. that bear. I got some crutches for you, too. I got to send the Because when you jump off that lightning bandwagon after tomorrow night, you're going to need them. Now there's listen. There's no jumping off, just like I haven't jumped off the flyers either. So it, it makes absolutely no difference. But uh, I would imagine, tail. Joey, I'm quite sure they are cup crazy over there. Get and I actually ran into some good fans on Saturday night when we saw the uh, the distant thunder game down here. And it was uh, and I'm talking to them for a good little while. Uh, dispensaries are running low for inventory in the city of Denver. Already greasing light poles in lower downtown Denver. Listen, they tried that in Philly. That didn't work out too well. So they they can grease them all they want to. That stuff doesn't work. Maybe you have a shelving thing or two. Shout, <laughs> <laughs> oh, brother. LG direct. You, you walked into it. I'm sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know my style comment. It doesn't matter. Yeah, that's all right. To lgdirect.net. Thanks to Larry Gilman for naming, of course, the studio behind the LG product, lgdirect.net. If you guys need payment solutions, terminal solutions, apparel, please reach out to lgdirect.net. And yes, he also is available in Tampa. So if you're, again, listening to the live show and or the replay, visit lgdirect.net, reach out to Larry. If you're planning on opening up a store, you currently have a system that doesn't work, a POS system, which is a point of sale. Don't take it the other way there, Fuji. If it's a point of sale system, because I knew who you were going already, if it's a point of sale system, make sure that you visit lgdirect.net. I knew it, and that's why I said it, because that's what ended up happening. Uh, Joey says, take care, fellas. Enjoy the weekend. Joey, it was good for you to, to tune in and say hi. I appreciate it. No worry. I'll be messaging you tomorrow night during the game. So Friday night, it should be a loaded game for sure. Also, to BigSargeSports.com. Thanks to Big Sarge for being a special partner of ours and also for being on the Indy Kalu Show in the trenches Monday through Friday from 10 to 12 Central Standard Time, only on Sports Talk 790. You guys can catch him there. And for Big Sarge himself, you can catch his show Tuesdays and Thursdays from 1 to 4. And if you guys miss it, you can always go back and download his latest podcast. So we do appreciate Big Sarge always doing big things 
and always, he's covering not only just Andy Caluso in the trenches, where he, he belongs to as well, but also the Houston Astros, the Houston Rockets, and the Houston Texans. And he is a Dallas Cowboys fan. So if you look at it, he just covers everything down there, but he does an excellent job. If you guys don't follow him, follow him on Big Sarge uh, on Twitter and does a phenomenal job, If you, especially if you live in the Houston area. Anywhere in the Texas area, please visit Big Sarge. The guy does some amazing stuff there as well. And anybody else there? DJ Monchazzi, I'm forgetting is, uh, yeah, that's right. Caesars Sportsbook. Last one here, if I remember correctly. Caesars Sportsbook, if you guys love to gamble, you can go to Caesars Sportsbook, right? And Super Draft Pro. If you go on our website, broadstreetsouth.com, about the second one down, you guys will see the Super Draft Pro on there. Click on there. You can sign up for a free account. If you want to sign up for a $10 account, you can for a $20 account. But they do have, again, the keyword free. They do have free accounts. And with a free account, you'll be able to basically, you can place a bet. You'll only be allowed to place one if you like. But you can also add it towards either video prizes or actual cash prizes. If you live in Florida, well, you can't because, unfortunately, you cannot bet online. Anywhere else, you can pretty much do so. But visit the Caesar Sportsbook and or SuperDraftPro.com and take a look because they do an amazing job and actually catching up to some and folks, some other competition out there to do a, a heck of a job. Yes, Fuji. And also call 1-800-GAMBLER. Yes, if you do have a gambling problem. That is definitely, definitely That's correct. That's always the last line on every commercial. Yeah. Well, no, it's true. It's, I mean, it's a good point because I, I right. forgot about that as well. So, yeah, if you do. Oh, and by the way, other than obviously mentioning uh, 97 or excuse me, Philly sports trips. I did hear today, Fuji, on 97.5 The Fanatic. They actually did an update to their commercial, which I really like. John Kincaid had mentioned that when he travels, he travels with the best. He travels with the pros. PhillySportsTrips.com. I thought that was really smooth the way John Kincaid did that. And if you guys listen to the show here, don't forget, yes, there are two radio shows out there in Philadelphia. Of course, 94WIP. You go to 94WIP.com and also TheFanatic.com. Uh, 97.5. Both have good quality lineup up and down. The way you look at it, John Kincaid does a great show in the morning. Uh, so if you guys missed out, and Ricky Bo comes out on Thursdays, and I thought that was a great addition by 97.5, put on Ricky Bo because he actually, he doesn't, it, it's a really good fun show on, on Thursdays. It all Every day during the week is, is really good, but on Thursdays, they actually do a, a, a really good job with Ricky Bo. Listen to Ricky Bo, um, Tyrone Johnson, and a can't think of the other guy's name. Tyrone Johnson's at 2 o'clock. He took over from Mikey Mister. He's on from 2 to 6. Because you have the Guz and Andrew Salchunas on from 10, 10 to, to 2. Yep. Yeah, but they added a third guy, I thought. Who? Between in the 3 o'clock hour. Yeah, you have Tyrone, Todd, and the the lady. I forget her, her name. I always forget her name. There's three Jen of them that are on there. Who? Jen, Jen Scordo. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, so the three of them on there right now. And Tyrone doesn't know yet, at least he's the current interim host, but he does not know yet if he's going to be the permanent host. But, I mean, so far he's been doing a pretty good job out there. He has the word of the day, which today was suspense because he was saying it's going to be suspenseful with the NBA draft. The Sixers are looking to make a, a move. And I know we've gone into way bonus time here, but the Sixers are looking to make a move today because uh, they wanted to get a veteran in there and they wanted to trade up their number one pick. And I know there was a couple mm. phone calls to different places. I know they talked about PJ out in Miami. So do you oh. see anything interesting there, Fooch? Well, Carly, right now, Len is on the clock at 16. So the Sixers are up in seven picks. I don't know. I mean, rumors they were trying to move 
Thibel and the 23rd pick for something, but who knows what Daryl Morey has up his sleeve. Yeah, it's so true. And he's got little to work with. So listen, you can if Howie makes miracles happen, I'm pretty sure Daryl reaches out to Howie and figures out what's going on. If not, I did tell Daryl, I had a conversation with him earlier today. I did give him your number. So I said, if, if they need something, let them know the Godfather can get, take care of it. You can tell you about <laughs> breaking ankles and anything else. So <laughs> I, I did give him your number. So in case you get a strange number, 215, uh, that's who it is. I'm not into violence. Kidnap ball. That was, of course That's not. the old school, not me. That what it is? I'm a lover, not a fighter. <laughs> oh, boy. I tell you what, hey, hey, Joey, if you're still on here as well, McKinnon, dude, that, that young kid is a terror on ice. Have you watched any of it, Fuji? Probably not. Uh, Stanley Cup? Yeah. Very little, you know. I'm busy, you know, working the second job. And, you know. In other words, uh, ladies and gentlemen, what he's trying to no, say I is haven't. because the Flyers aren't in there, that's why he's not watching no, it. Believe me, yeah, I watch the NBA Finals every year. I always watch, you know, World Series, Stanley Cup Finals, the NBA Finals. I'm a sports fan, not just a homer. Like, you know, I'm not – I am four for four, but I do love sports. Yeah, no, it's true. All of us do it. And, yeah, Joey and McCarr, too. Listen, that Avs team, It, I mean, it's like they're, they're almost – Speed on speed, almost like they have the speed that they're taking to match the speed on the ice. It is absolutely insane. I've never seen a faster team on the ice, maybe going way, way back to the Rangers. I, I just, I've never seen a, a faster set of group of guys on the ice. I watched McKinning and Marker in, in person 16 games a year with my season ticket plan. Oh, well, then hopefully at the end of this year, if you're still a season ticket holder, uh, hopefully you guys will get a nice, a nice little prize in the beginning of the season next season. Who you have a season ticket plan with? Me? Yeah. Well, yeah. With Broad Street South. Oh. I thought you had one with the Lightning there. No. Dude, I'm sorry. Do you, do you remember how much I make? I don't make season ticket holder money. Well, either you know, do I. Yeah, but you've been – But okay. Here, I've been here's blessed. The, I've been blessed and fortunate yeah. to be a season ticket holder to the Philadelphia Eagles. Yes. Right, but – you're talking about two different things. If I had the opportunity like you had back home with Eagles, yeah, I would love to still be a season ticket holder to this day. But no, as far as it, it's too rich for my blood, unfortunately. Oh. I, I would love to, oh. um, but unfortunately, I can't. But I know you love that lightning down there, so I, I was just, just wanted to clarify that. Okay, listen, I, I have no I, problem I, admitting that I, this team here, you listen, if Dylan was here tonight, Dylan would explain to you, uh, as I explained to it, him there. The reason why, if you would come down here and see what happens, the Flyers will eventually get it. But I think the whole entire Flyers fan base needs to take a trip down here. And I'm not saying the match with the Lightning do. What, because of the people down here. You can whistle all you want to. You can ignore it all you want to. I'm just telling you that if you actually come down here and you see what goes on, it, it would be a whole different story. Well, it, it's a totally different scenery than Philadelphia, of course. You got transplants from all over. The, like the Lightning, the Tampa Bay Bucks, the Rays that they even draw, which is a shame because wish we had their farm system. But I don't want to get into that. Yeah. How bad Joey, the uh, Yeah, the only reason was because it's been 100 plus here. So unfortunately, even as cold as they make it down there, they've actually brought in extra trucks to make it colder inside yeah. that building. But unfortunately, because it's been 100-plus down here, that's the reason why they've had mm -hmm. troubles with the ice. How do you know all this? 
<laughs> if you're not a big fan. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. It, any, anyone can tell you. It's freaking everywhere. See, if you actually follow, follow, you know, hockey, not just the Flyers, you will learn a thing or two. Maybe I will. I would mm -hmm. learn something new every day. Yeah. Well, maybe this guy can show you a thing or two. Nah, he was too soft. Is that the case? <laughs> Never mind. I'll, I'll, I'll be quiet. Yeah, right. Well, uh, DJ, I don't know if you want to play something out of there before. I, I know that, unfortunately, Facebook ended up kicking it out, but uh, I don't know if you want to play something there. Maybe not. Nope. Okay. Now he's giving me the green room. No, he's good. Uh, 100 here in Denver today. Ice and ball arena is fine. Tampa soften the ice to keep the abs in check and slow them down. I, I, I wish that was the case. I wish that was the case. You're not slowing them down. You can put those guys on rotor blades and water, Joey. They were not slowing down. Denver is insanely fast. Insanely fast. Okay, it's time to cut off your mic here because apparently ah. you like to be a wise guy, so you're good. Anyways, thank you to everyone who tuned in tonight. We do appreciate it. Once again, we thank you for our sponsors. Also, thank you to Al and Sam for coming on. We really do appreciate it. And, of course, as we do now, newly done on the show, Fuji. Take us out. Go Avs, win the more, and... Chef.